0: Hello and welcome to UX Soup, a podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords to give you the latest developments impacting the user experience of personal devices and services in the home and on the go. As always, UX Soup is presented by Strategy Analytics, a global research and consulting firm providing our clients with insights, analysis, and expertise. I'm Chris Schreiner. Diana and Lisa are off today. So one of the topics that sadly we've been neglecting on this podcast for far too long is gaming. Uh, This is such a rich and and varied area for research and design and, and for UX professionals. We have so many different gaming platforms, different types of users, new innovations coming down the line that are going to impact the user experience for gaming. So to help start us off in giving us an overview of the gaming landscape, I want to welcome Shirag Hupadieh, who is an industry analyst within the Intelligent Home team at Strategy Analytics. Shirag focuses on the PC and game console space. Shirag, welcome to UX Soup.
1: Oh, thank you, Chris. Glad to be here.
0: So first, uh, tell us a little bit about the, the work you do at Strategy Analytics on gaming, and, and also finish it off by telling us what type of gamer you are.
1: I'm an industry analyst for you know overall intelligent home space. So, focusing onto uh, gaming devices uh, or, or you know gaming platform across all de- uh, consumer devices uh, in home or on the go as well. Uh, that's exclude exclude the smartphone. We but you know is is something the subject that it covers into. Uh, software side or the overall gaming experience in the home so you know i do focus on the gaming uh in the home on the go and uh, focus on the computing side personal computing for you know especially on the notebook side uh, you know been doing for four and five years now on a notebook as well so overall you know six or seven years experience in the gaming industry uh, lots of focus and you know been playing games for uh, knows I remember but you know (laughs) uh, I don't want to say my age but you know playing games for more than 20 years now (laughs) oh you're
0: very young then
1: (laughs) (laughs) on different consoles and uh, you know different platforms so uh, but my favorite in recently is uh, mobile gaming because it's faster and flexible to be honest
0: oh Yeah. yeah I definitely want to talk a bit more about that I sure, tell us just a bit what's been going on in the past couple of years in the world of gaming.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty much exciting, Chris. Uh, you know,
0: uh,
1: people change the way they play the games. There are more people playing games and spending lots of, lots of time on the gaming. We we have, uh, you know, pretty significant uh, improvement into consumer spending into, uh, I think, nearly nine hours a week in the gamings in recent times, which is quite a lot compared to pre-pandemic. yeah, And uh, no wonder, you know, people got bored of streaming services or they, you know, watch enough content <laughs> to on the TV, say that, you know, everybody's trying to go and give it uh, on the gaming, despite of age, whether it's a 17-year-old, 6 year old in the home or is a 54-year-old uh, playing a Candy Crush on the mobile phone. Wordle. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very exciting times, especially for the game industry and, uh, you know, gamers as well, actually, because there are a lot to play. There's like millions of games where the, you choose the, you know, if you across all platforms, you can play anywhere kind of scenarios coming up very easily, cloud gaming's. Uh, but I, I think the you know, the main thing to focus here is a, a traditional consumer spending whether it's a time or money they're both increasing in recent times and uh, you know that's where attracting to you know uh, industry to do more research to bring out more use cases the, you know how how they can make more comfortable for users to play more games and continue to do that now now the pandemic is over is main thing how they you know make sure they spend the same amount of time or at least more time on games so they can make money so
0: so, one of the things that I've seen in this talking about how time and gaming has increased is that it's it seems to have evolved a little bit where when I was younger, a long, long time ago, in the days of pong, <laughs> that, you know, you you've, you gamed to game, you know, because you were really interested in the game and immersed yourself in the game. Uh, but it feels like it's it's become over the years with all the online multiplayer online gaming and all of that to be more where the game is almost secondary sometimes and it's more of a social element where you and and like minded people from around the world get together to and, and to talk and converse and share ideas and things. Oh, and by the way, you're playing Fortnite.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's you know, that's you you are in the right direction. I, I think that's become very social. plaque like, one one way is social way to you know not just interact on the gaming part of it as well as well as you know interact with the other part of you know some interact with somebody in other part of the world as well where you know you can. Uh, uh, in make social relation in the game inside the game while playing or watching as well because that's another factor as mm. well lots of people watch nowadays esports are growing uh, awareness content creation all this attracting you know to communicate with each other um, and you know in, increasing to you know change the use case of uh, gaming as well and uh, I, I think uh, some some levels especially for the hardcore gamers gaming uh, content is uh, you know really so the game software is a really main thing rather than hardware because the hardware they can game play the games on all you know all platforms if they wants to um, with the money but uh, quality the quality of game and uh, uh, you know traditional old games where there is a uh, you know Fortnite or you you playing you know Call of Duty uh, that's really important for you know hardcore gamers now still still nowadays that's those are really important things.
0: So there are many different types of gamers. So many user personas. You have the hardcore gamers you mentioned, you have you know, casual gamers. You have the, the people that just wake up and play Wordle for five minutes and then don't play anything else, or that just play mm-hmm. Candy Crush. You have yeah. you know, occasional gamers. What trends have you seen amongst kind of the, the growth or decline of those groups? Have you seen one over the past few years really expand?
1: So... um we have we have seen you know especially it, let me start with the age of age group of the gamers we have seen significant increase in the average age of gamers which is now 34 uh, compared to 25 you know previous pre pandemic level so the p- pandemic has brought you know uh, all the uh, all kind of gaming equipments uh, you know all kind of source onto home so everybody can play basically whether it's a computer or traditional nintendo or smartphones um, and because user continuously trying to find the source of device to you know use the gaming, so we have you know traditionally increased uh, compared the traditional you know prior to pandemic we have shown recently growth in all type of gamers basically, whether it's hardcore or somebody somebody's uh, not a hardcore gamer but because of they he spends so much time he or she spends so much time he wants to become gay hardcore gamers now. Um, we have so insignificant growth into you know content creators as well, so that you know that group of uh, is uh, another thing is they are not like a, it doesn't have to be like a hardcore gamer for the content creator, it's just more about you know how can you entertain the people or how can people watch it playing it, so that something is you know a new new area is emerged during this pandemic and uh, lots of lots of people. Uh, become content creator and uh, lots of people you know watching as well so I, I think that's something really stand out in this panel time to you know uh, to watch out avia for future especially because of the esports you know everything is uh, pushing by trading you know not just uh, you know just saying by esports 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 but uh, now outside the competition Loss of education is going into this, uh, you know, this area as well. So I think that was a good, you know, good sign of a new era in this gaming side of it.
0: So how big is is that esports market, and how much is it impacting the types of games that are being created, or the ways that consumers would experience, you know, changing the gaming experience itself? Is, is there this have to be tailored for an esports type of event yeah well
1: um i, I think with the start with the game you know is you are right that loss of elements has been to you know research during the traditional development of the gaming where you know make sure the game has not just for the you know esport purpose or you know the content rate and purpose but also element of people socializing with each other so for example of fortnite you know uh, it has a not just generating uh, to do the you know achieve the task or winning the game but it's just uh, trying to collect the things build up and talking to your players uh, you know talking to your audience is uh, uh, increased significantly in a recent time as well so and and that you know that is led to uh, your question about uh, whether is a uh, eSport, how much supporting esports so in 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 that way, eSports is uh, traditionally you know, driven, uh, driven by competitions in, you know, traditionally from the South Asian countries, where you know, computer gamings are more important rather than you know, traditional consoles. Um, but now, because there was not enough game console during the lockdown, people in US and Western you know, countries start buying the uh, you know, laptops or you know, gaming, gaming laptops or gaming desktops to, you know, explore that options. And now they have evolved that options. It's working out well. They have another platform to play, and that's where they you know started to feel okay. I can do better on this game. I can do this, thing. I, the, the computer is you know they can be a content creator. They can be a professional gamers. Is a lots of options comes out with it alongside as well. Um, but the you know going into esports is very huge. Uh, uh I don't want to bore you with the numbers, but it's, it's in billions nowadays. Uh we're talking about uh especially, you know, old big brands are sponsoring the events. Uh, they're getting more attention through these events, where there's a sales for you know, future marketing you cost because it's cheaper than marketing on the, you know, for a long time on TV. Mm-hmm. The, um, because this esports is watched, you know, worldwide. You have target not particular area of target audience, but it's Targeting across all worlds, so it's a quite a popular event for you know computer vendors or chipset vendors, or you know anything related to the computer industry is a really good point to you know attract the marketing side of it as well. So it's a, it's growing huge. It's spending a lot of money. The you know price price category has gone to millions now, whether it's a dollar or pound or any country is 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 growing massively.
0: So my kind of layman's view of the history of gaming is that it it, it started out very much as a a solo endeavor. You know, it was, it was just the user and the machine. And then, you know, you had the the Nintendo Wii come out and then it was kind of a local thing. You'd see when your family or you saw the Wii's being played in like nursing and care homes and, and this kind of local in the room kind of social element that's gone. And, and it's now just this kind of online social element would that be fair and if so what do you think because i i quite miss the local sharing gaming experience you know it's hard to uh, find good collaborative games that all ages can play
1: <laughs> i wouldn't say it's 100 percent true, but uh I actually, in the pan during the pandemic, this you know the all family and you know all the you know, one room experience you're mentioning is actually come back with a Nintendo switch console, and uh, which was surprising as well because you know, before the pandemic, uh, the Nintendo switch console, you know not sales were going down, and uh, that's where you can see that you know people are losing interest for some reason. But mm-hmm. as soon as the lockdown started, sony and xbox consoles are really old so people bought the nintendo switch which is very useful for kids because it's portable you can also play on a tv and you have a games of collection where you know you can play with uh, your kids you can interact with the kids you can more make more as a science project you can do lots of things with the kids so i think that family element is brought together uh, um you know one room experience. that's you know in something Nintendo switch has brought back together. and that's you know also you know joined with the whether there's a thirty year old father or forty year father with playing with a son, um, you know playing with the kids, basically, that has come back somewhere in the pandemic because they managed to sell quite a big huge chunk of and they are market leader in the last two years. So evidence I wouldn't say that element has completely disappeared, but actually, had come back with this new Switch console because of again with us good developing softwares available in the market to play games, the line of it.
0: So, the Xbox, PlayStation don't really service that segment, but this Nintendo historically has. Um, yeah. Do, so, I guess why why do you think that might be, and uh, do you think that the Switch? handles both that and kind of the the hardcore style consumer
1: um so i, I think uh, first of all nintendo learned from their mistakes onto you know last generation council which is the, which was not successful right i think it was bu mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they learned from there and uh, they uh, understand that you know uh, what we do traditionally is, and what games we have, because that's very important as well. Because soft, software support is not great for Nintendo, to be honest. Um, prior to Nintendo Switch launch, so, so when we was launching, it was lots of you know questions as well. How many games are going to be there? Uh, is there any games outside Nintendo is developing? So all traditional Mario Kart, everything is fine. But is there any other games are people developing or not? Basically for Nintendo. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it changed, basically, this hybrid mode. As I said, you know, you can play on the go with a good battery life and you can play on the TV as well. You can play with your friends uh, onto, you know, tables, like a tablet mode as well, uh, I'm putting on a surface uh, on a small screen. So it's, it's, that's bringing, you know, lots of different use cases and where, you know, with um, $250 price you know consumer can afford extra device in the house at the same time it served the purpose to you know some family time every week basically Mm -hmm. and that's where you know in the pandemic people were home people were bored what to do in this this council was just you know provide something to people to uh, you know come closer i would say Uh, and uh, on separate time you know if if you want your kids to be alone you can Mm -hmm. give it to uh, younger kids to play with it or do whatever the education purpose they can do that as well um, on other other other, you know first part of your last question as well and the, you know in uh, this question is there's also there's also increase and you know the social animal you mentioned is increased and actually the hardcore gamer is forced to uh, you know go onto online and interact via game rather than you know meeting in the same room or playing on the PlayStation. So I think it was a mixture of both, you know, both generation has a, uh, or, you know, both, every device had played each kind of role during this pandemic and brought, uh, you know, lots of people together and, uh, you know, started to communicate with each other more. Uh, because, you know, sometimes you see some people really shy in the front, in one room, but they can, you know, communicate somebody into games because, you know, they... They're not seeing that person face to face, so I think that's this area has uh, developed as well.
0: Talk. Yeah. A, let's talk a bit about mobile gaming for a bit. So uh, you, know, you had Amazon and Google and others try and come up with their own kind of gaming subscription platform. Uh, if you could talk a bit about kind of how consumers have <laughs> responded to that, and, and what and other trends that you see in in mobile gaming.
1: Mobile mobile gaming is uh, definitely you know uh, still popular you know mode of playing gamers for all age um, compared to the you know other traditional uh, consoles or computer gamers because it's very easy, easy to accessible and uh, you know you can play the games at your age level or your capabilities or your you know your level basically so you don't have to be worried about what I'm playing or whether there's a word game or whether there's a Candy Crush, so mm-hmm. is a uh, mobile gaming. This is still remain a popular way. Um, Google Stadia, Amazon is still in you know early days, um, but they have you know lots of uh, own resource uh, to you know uh, try lots of new things. And they're still uh, you know partnering with the developers, bringing more games to the platform. Netflix is the same. They do you know start doing gaming as well. Um they bring in games as well, but let me start with Stadia, Google Stadia. is uh, you know it's just uh, they launched uh, i think in a few years now, but yeah. uh, they haven't had as success as they like it's just uh, again you know the content and the idea of playing onto t v with the you know with the cloud gaming is is this still we uh, rely completely on cloud gaming you know processing all those processing powers and everything is uh it didn't work out to be honest uh our 4g was it was not that great to be honest um on to you know provide that whole experience of you know what they are showing in advertising that you can play on a mobile you can play on tv everywhere kind of scenario Mm -hmm. it was was not that great experience because of the lag in the game
0: so i got time for one more question shirag uh what do you think is going to have the Biggest impact on gaming over the next two to three years?
1: Biggest impact? uh, On the user
0: experience of gaming,
1: of course. On the user experience side of it. I think uh, more and more people will uh, find, try to experience on, on a new device, basically, because of the love of the game they, you know, developed during this pandemic. Because, you know, users going to be trying to uh, give it a go onto new devices. And, you know, somebody played so much games on smartphones. Okay, let me give a try on to, uh, you know, p- computers, My because, you know, um, Microsoft pushing for Xbox Game Pass on laptops so much nowadays with Windows 11. So I think a, a user is going to be trying to explore the new platform or new device, I would say and platforms uh, uh, over the next few years which really interesting because you know we're all talking about the meta where uh, you know uh, all the new VR, AR use cases uh, that is developing so well as well so you know somebody's using a, just a laptop games they said okay I'll buy the VR headsets mm-hmm. or you know I'll buy the AR headsets Where is taking me or, all this you know uh, experience trying to explore so I think uh, Users, users, gonna be trying more and more platforms, or whether we can call platforms or devices. I think uh, I would say I'm really excited to see a new device and trying myself as well. Some of the new devices coming out in uh, coming years as well. To be honest.
0: Well, thank you so much, Shrag, for for joining us today. Very interesting. I could talk about gaming for hours, and and I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point to talk a bit more. Thank you very much.
1: Uh, thank you, Grace. Glad to be
0: here. All right. Well, if you have any questions about Shirag's work around the gaming user experience, or if you'd like to send us any questions you may have, you can always email us at uxsoup at strategyanalytics.com. The show notes on our podcast website, ux-soup.com, has links to our research on gaming. And there you can also connect with each of us on LinkedIn. A reminder that UXSoup is sponsored, as always, by Strategy Analytics. Check out the latest user-focused insights by visiting strategyanalytics.com. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now.